0: Well good evening young people, again good to be here and a privilege to be with you tonight. I want you to turn this evening to Leviticus and the chapter 5 tonight. The final of these offerings that we find here in the opening chapters of Leviticus Uh, So we have the burnt offering, the meat offering, the peace offering, the sin offering. And now we come to the final offering, the trespass offering. Now there's no lengthy quiz tonight. Uh, There wasn't last night. But I have one question, uh, if someone who's brave enough to answer it for me. The sin offering, what was it for? Shout it out. Don't overthink it. What was the sin offering for? Come on. For sin. For sin. Okay, what kind of sin? Sin's That's the one. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. And there's a reason why we need to see that this evening before we progress into the trespass offering. Because the two there is overlap and they're easily confused. And so we've got to remember what we learned about the sin offering last night. It's made for sins of ignorance. There is no offering in the Old Testament for deliberate sin or presumptuous sin as the Bible describes it as. But inadvertent sin may be a sin we didn't mean to, to carry out or some part of God's law that we weren't familiar with. And so we have committed a sin. It's a sin of ignorance. Well, that is what the sin offering is for. So we come this evening to the next, the final offering. That's the trespass offering. And we're going to read from chapter 5 of Leviticus. But we're going to read from the verse 14. And then we're going to read on into chapter 6 for a few verses into chapter 6. So Leviticus 5. And the verse fourteen, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, "If a soul commit a trespass and sin through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring for his trespass unto the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flocks, with thy estimation by shackles of silver, after the shackle of the sanctuary for a trespass offering, he shall make amends for the harm that he hath done in the holy thing." and shall add the fifth part thereto, and give it on to the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. And if a soul sin and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the Lord, though he wist it not, yet is he guilty and shall bear his iniquity. And he shall bring a ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation estimation, for a trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his ignorance, wherein he erred, and wist it not, and it shall be forgiven him. It is a trespass offering. He hath certainly trespassed against the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul sin, and commit a trespass against the Lord, and lie unto his neighbour, in that which was delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in a thing taken away by violence, or hath deceived his neighbour, or hath found that which was lost, and lieth concerning it, concerning and sweareth falsely, and any of all these that a man doeth sinning therein, then it shall be, because he hath sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he hath deceitfully begotten, or that which was delivered him to keep, or the lost thing which he found, or all that about which he hath sworn falsely, he shall even restore it in the principle, and shall add the fifth part more thereto, and give it unto him to whom it appertaineth in the day of his trespass offering. He shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest, And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. And it shall be forgiven him for anything of all that he hath done in trespassing therein. Amen. We end there at the close of verse 7. And we trust that the Lord will bless as we have read his word together. Let's just still our hearts for a moment or two and ask the Lord for his help this evening. Eternal and heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we have even been singing about the wonderful position the Christian has of being under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee, O God, for that shed blood. We thank thee, O God, for what that shed blood has purchased for us, we who are Christians. It has secured our atonement and our acceptance with thee, and therefore, O God, we can have peace within our hearts. We can lift our hearts, O God, in thanksgiving and rejoice in all that thou hast done for us. We bless thee that that is the experience, the personal experience of so many, O God, in our gathering tonight. But we pray for any who do not have that experience, who are not saved, O God, we pray that thou wouldst deal with them. We look to thee again this evening for thy presence. O God in heaven, we need thee to come. We need thee to rend the heavens and come down and and to fill this room with with such a palpable sense of thy presence. O God, if I stand here in my own strength, Oh God, I'm wasting my time. And so we're looking to Thee. Help us now. Hear our cries, O oh God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as I said, uh, we come this evening to the trespass offering. And in a number of ways, the trespass offering is a little more difficult to study than what has gone on before. And we'll see that in due course uh, as we look at these verses. Many people believe Many commentators believe that the opening 13 verses of chapter 5 refer to the sin offering which we covered last night. But then there's a good number of commentators who also believe that those same 13 verses they refer to the trespass offering that we're going to cover tonight. And so there is difference of opinion here even concerning which offering these verses deal with. Now we didn't read those opening 13 verses of Leviticus chapter 5. But if you just take a moment now and look at them and run your eye down them. You will see that the words trespass offering do indeed feature. For example there in verse 6 it says. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin. And so the words trespass offering do feature in those 13 verses. But that said, those words trespass offering in verse 6 in the original can be translated guilt. And so it could be an offering for guilt. And so the argument is that could be applied to the sin offering as well. And so as I say, sound theologians, different commentators that are sound, have different opinions about these 13 verses at the start of chapter 5. Some say it belongs to the sin offering we covered last night. And some say it appertains to the trespass offering we come to this evening so you can see there's a little bit of confusion there or there can be confusion but regardless young people regardless of what position we take whether we say they relate to the sin offering or the trespass offering there are a number of verses i want to point out that we didn't read in our in our reading but that are found at the start of chapter five that are so applicable to us as christians and particularly to young christians And have so much to say about how we should be living our lives, even today as Christians. And I want to point those out briefly from the outset. If you look at at verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, And if a soul sin, and hear the voice of swearing, and is a witness, whether he hath seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. So what's the sense of the words there? Well, we're thinking about an individual who is a witness, One who is a witness to something. Maybe he has heard something. Or maybe he has seen something. He knows that information. But he withholds it. And withholding that information is to the detriment of another. You think perhaps about a court of law. And someone is in the witness box. And they know the truth. But they withhold that truth. Well that harms someone else. And that's the kind of thing we're seeing there. It's a sin of omission. An individual has... Omitted details that are vital. They have deliberately misstated something. They're telling half-truths and they're they're doing it on purpose. And I wonder, Christian young people, are we ever guilty of that sort of thing? Are we guilty of saying nothing when we really should say something? Sometimes we don't want the hassle of saying something. Sometimes we don't want the contention, the the bother, the stress of, of... having to speak up at times. And so we say nothing. Now Christian young people, there are absolutely times when we should be silent. And all too often, maybe some Christians aren't silent when they should be. And they jump in and they say something and maybe it's rash. But there's absolutely times when we should say something as well. And maybe you've been in the situation and there's a group of people and it's a, it's a pile on. They're slating another brother or sister in the Lord. That brother or sister's not there, and they're just slating him. Saying this about them, saying that about them, and we've stood there and said nothing, didn't want the hassle. And really what we should have said is, well, that's not, that's not fair, it's out of order. We shouldn't be saying this. And even walked away at that stage. But but you see the application that, that we, can, we can make even to ourselves. We can be guilty of saying nothing when we need to say something. Maybe someone's character is being assassinated. Maybe it's a case where a brother or sister and the Lord's not there and people are attacking their testimony and we let them, we say nothing. And really, we, we should stand up and say, well, well, that's not true. You're taking that out of context. It's not accurate. I was there. That didn't happen. And so, immediately there in verse 1, we, we, we see. A sin that we can fall into all too easily, Say, saying nothing because it's the easiest thing to do. What about verse two? There's there's something else that's so applicable to us. Or if a soul touch any unclean thing, whether it be a carcass of an unclean beast or a carcass of an unclean cattle, and so it goes on. And you go on into to verse three. Or if he touch the uncleanness of man, whatsoever uncleanness it be, that a man shall be defiled withal. That be hid from him when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty. Now, that's speaking of ceremonial uncleanness. That's in relation to the Old Testament ceremonial law. The people of God weren't to touch dead bodies. And if they did, then there was this period of ceremonial uncleanness. Now, the ceremonial law has ceased. We know that. Uh, there's no more sacrifices. These sacrifices that we're looking at, part of the ceremonial law. They don't happen anymore. Christ is that once for all sacrifice. The ceremonial law is over. The moral law isn't over. We need to remember that. The moral law is not over. But as we think about this uncleanness, Christian young people, does that not remind us even as New Testament Christians how easy it is for us to be defiled? How easy it is for Christians to be defiled? We can be defiled By what we hear. Conversations that are not edifying. Language that is used that should not be used. That that can defile us. We can be defiled by what we see. And maybe we have looked at things that we ought not to look at. And it pollutes us. And it defiles us. And as Christians... Having to live and operate in this world, it's easy for us to be defiled by the things we see or hear. And therefore we need to come to the Lord day and daily seeking that fresh cleansing. Even as Christians, you and I, we who are justified, we have that justified standing before the Lord. We need to cry to the Lord for cleansing day and daily. We need that defilement to be removed from our hearts and our minds, lest it linger there. And lead us deeper into sin. And so there's real application there for the Christian. uh, As we live here in in 2023. Look at verse 4 of chapter 5. Or if a soul swear. Pronouncing with his lips to do evil or to do good. Whatsoever it be that man shall pronounce with an oath. And it be hid from him when he knoweth of it. Then he shall be guilty in one of these. And and the idea there is making a a vain or a rash oath. And that can easily be, easily be done. We can easily give our word that we will do something. And maybe somebody asks us to do something or we, we make a promise that we'll do it. And we've all, we, we, we all fall into that trap. Yes, yes, I'll do that. Yep, do it tomorrow, no problem. Then we forget. Maybe it's not even that we mean to make a promise and then break it. But it's easy to say, yes, and we fully intend on carrying out that request. But for whatever reason, we fail. Well, we're warned against that kind of thing. Not to be rash with our words. And when we give our word, we need to follow through on our word. Especially as Christians. You look at the verses 5 and 6. Verse 5, it says, And it shall be, when he shall be guilty in one of these things, that he shall confess that he hath sinned in that thing confession of sin is scriptural christian young people it's a scriptural command the guilty party is to confess his or her sin to the lord and so christian young person we are to confess our sin to the lord as well it's commanded maybe it's a practice that is unpopular but it is what the lord requires of his people you think about the lord's prayer and the instruction is there We are to ask the Lord for forgiveness day and daily in the different ways in which we have let the Lord down. In 1 John, in the chapter 1, the verse 9, John says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the interesting thing is that John here in this epistle is writing to believers. He's writing to Christians. And the instruction is when we sin to confess that sin and to know a fresh cleansing from the lord so confession of sin is something that is commanded for the child of god and so regardless of whether you view these opening verses of chapter 5 as part of the sin offering or part of the trespass offering doesn't matter there's so much here that is applicable to us even today as we seek to live for the lord as christians so much that that is applicable to our lives for the lord and to our testimonies with all of that said now I want to move on to deal with the trespass offering. Slightly different this evening. Just going to give you two headings, two questions. And then seek to answer those questions and give some thoughts. And I hope and pray that that will help you to understand the trespass offering a little more this evening. So the first question is this. Why was the trespass offering necessary? Why was the trespass offering necessary? Necessary. You see, identifying the purpose of the trespass offering is a little challenging. You say, well, that, that seems a silly thing to say. It's a trespass offering. Clearly, it's for trespasses against the Lord. When his law has been broken, when we've gone outside of the law of God, when we've set his law to the side, we've gone beyond the confines of his law, we've trespassed. That's what the trespass offering is for. Well, what is trespassing God's law? It's sin. What we think about last night, the sin offering. You see how it becomes a little more difficult. The sin offering and the trespass offering, there's overlap here. And there are different bits and pieces and points of view regarding both of these offerings. And so it's not entirely straightforward just to say the trespass offering is for X, Y and Z. But there are some things that we can say about the trespass offering That are very clearly stated in these chapters of scripture 5 and 6 as we see them this evening. Two reasons or two purposes behind the trespass offering being made. One is sins against holy things. Trespassing against holy things. And the other is trespassing against our neighbour. And we see both of these things very clearly in these chapters so we think about the first one there trespassing in holy things you look at chapter 5 and the verse 15 if a soul committed trespass and sin through ignorance in the holy things of the lord trespassing sinning in the holy things that's one reason why the trespass offering needs to be made what is that what does that mean trespassing in holy things well we could give some examples. Maybe a man has vowed to give more unto the Lord than he can actually fulfill. Well, he's trespassed against holy things there. He has vowed more than what he can actually give. Or maybe that same man, he attempts to deny that that he vowed so much in the first place. And he's actually withholding a little of what he has vowed to the Lord. That's a trespass in holy things. Or you could think about a man, perhaps an individual, who who actually eats the first fruits of the harvest rather than giving it over to the Lord as the Lord has instructed. That's a trespass in holy things. And so a trespass in holy things is is essentially defrauding the Lord, if you like. One who fails to render unto the Lord what he has promised to the Lord, what belongs to the Lord. He fails to, to follow through on some vow that he has made to the Lord. Christian young people, we can all be guilty of that. You and I, 2023, we can defraud the Lord. We can defraud the Lord of our our money, of our tithes. We can defraud the Lord of our energy, of our time. Those things that belong to him. And we fail to give them to him. So trespass in holy things. That's one reason for the trespass offering. The other that we see in these chapters... Is trespassed against our neighbour. Look at chapter 6. And the opening verses of chapter 6. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying. If a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord. And lie unto his neighbour. In that which was delivered him to keep. Or in fellowship. Or in a thing taken away by violence. Or hath deceived his neighbour. Or hath found that which was lost. And lieth concerning it. And sweareth falsely. In any of all these. That a man doeth sinning therein. And so the verses go on. And we're giving all, all these uh, examples of different ways in which we can trespass against our neighbour. Maybe an individual has given us something. We, we've borrowed it from them. But we haven't looked after that item. We've damaged that item. Then we deny that we ever had it in the first place. Hoping that they would forget about it. That's a trespass against a neighbour. Verse 2 there, it speaks of fellowship. Well, that actually speaks of business transactions. And so our business with, with our neighbour maybe slightly dodgy is a certain expression we could use. Well, that's a trespass against our neighbour. These verses speak about deceiving our neighbour. Maybe an individual is using their position against a neighbour, burdening their neighbour. Maybe an individual has found something that was lost and... They've taken it for themselves and they're, they're lying about it and, and stealing it. All of these things, these examples given in these opening verses of chapter 6, that's trespass against our neighbour. And all of these examples are applicable to us today. We can be guilty of every one of these. We need to examine our hearts and make sure we're not guilty of these things. Because it's easy. It's easy to slip into these things If we're not on our guard. But of course we've got to notice that. That trespasses sins against our neighbours. Are also sins against God. And we can never forget that. Maybe we sin and the aim is to hurt another individual. To strike out against another individual. But first and foremost Every sin is against the Lord because it's a transgression of his holy and perfect law. And we've always got to remember that. Why was the trespass offering necessary? Well, we see two reasons given in chapter 5 and 6 trespassing in holy things and trespassing against our neighbour. And the second question I ask and seek to answer for you this evening is this What were the key themes? In the trespass offering. What's it all about? What, what's the key themes? In the trespass offering. One perhaps is, is very obvious. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Chapter 5 and the verse 16. Like we have seen in previous evenings. You look at the final clause of verse 16. And it shall be forgiven him. Look at verse 18. Same thing. The final clause. And it shall be forgiven And we read about forgiveness here when the sacrifice is brought. The trespass offering, the ram without blemish is brought. The sacrifice, the blood of that animal is shed. The individual can know God's forgiveness. And of course, as we've said every single time this past week, when we think about this offering, this animal, this innocent, uh, valuable animal that, that is offered, that animal cannot take away sins, but it's pointing forward to the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. It's pointing forward to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, and his precious blood, which washes away the sins of his people, his once-for-all sacrifice on Calvary's hill. These offerings are pointing forward to the Savior. We are redeemed, how? Through the precious blood of of jesus christ a lamb without blemish and without spot that's what first john chapter one tells us and time and time again when we look at these innocent animals that are slain we're pointed to christ christ who died for the sins of his people that same christ who rose from the grave victorious over sin over death over hell and that same savior who invites sinners to come and be forgiven And even this evening says, come on to me, to any who may be here tonight that know not the Savior. And so we see forgiveness here in the trespass offering. But the other main and noticeable theme here in the trespass offering is restitution. It's restitution. What does it mean? It means restoring or putting things right. And that theme of restitution is very much here in the trespass offering. Look at chapter 6 and look at the verse 4. Then it shall be, because he hath sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore that which he took violently away. So the individual who has sinned must restore whatever he has taken, whatever he has stolen, whatever he has taken from another individual. It's got to be restored whenever we come to the trespass offering. It's necessary For restitution to be made. Now we've said it. That every sin we commit. First and foremost. Is against the Lord. But sometimes our sins will affect other people. Other people will be the victim of our actions. Other people will suffer loss. Because of our sins. And what we see here in this trespass offering is. That when the offering is made. Amends must be made to those people. That we've hurt as well. We've got to put it right. Restitution Has to be made. If another man has been wronged. In the course of our sin. We've got to restore whatever we've taken from that man. We've got to put it right. And what a challenge there is for all of us here today. Sometimes we can fall out with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're not so good at putting things right with them. It's easy for us. Maybe to bow the head in prayer and and seek the Lord's forgiveness. But we're not so keen to put things right with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Christians, we're, we're mere men and women. Sometimes we lose our temper. Sometimes we say things that we shouldn't. Sometimes we do things that we shouldn't. But maybe we could all do better at saying sorry to the people we hurt. Putting those things right if we've done things in the past that that need to be put right maybe we've taken something we shouldn't have said something we shouldn't have we need to put those things right it's not easy to do that Christian it's not but it's got to be done you will hear testimony of individuals who who had fallouts maybe with family members or friends or or arguments and and before long they lose their chance to put things right right because that one that they fell out with has been promoted to glory and gone on to heaven and they never had the opportunity to sort it out. A Christian young person you've fallen out with with some brother and sister in the Lord don't let that relationship get toxic. Put it right. It takes a lot of strength it takes a lot of courage sometimes to go to that person to apologise to get victory even over our pride. But what we see here in the trespass offering is that restitution was made. Whatever way they hurt other people, they put it right. And there is a challenge for every single one of us. Every one of us. Because so often we find that hard. Swallowing our pride and saying, listen, I shouldn't have done this. And I see my error, I see my guilt. I'm sorry. There's a challenge here. We put together these different aspects and themes that we have seen in the trespass offering tonight. What can we say? Well, we can see that in the trespass offering, confession is made to the Lord for our sins. There has to be that admission that we've done something wrong and confess it to the Lord. But restitution to men also has to be made. Whatever we've done to hurt others, we've got to try to put it right. And What very simple and yet practical lessons there are for us as Christians even today in these verses. I finish this evening by pointing you again to the Saviour. You turn over in the Old Testament to Isaiah's prophecy in the chapter 53. And in Isaiah 53, we have the, the prophecy of, of the suffering servant, the Lord Jesus Christ, what he will bear on Calvary's cross for the sins of his people. In Isaiah 53 and the verse 10, uh, we read something that That ties in with the offerings here as we've looked at them. Isaiah 53 in the verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. An offering for sin. Now that word that is used there in the Hebrew. An offering for sin. It's the same word or a connected word. To what we have here as trespass offering in Leviticus 5. And six. Jesus Christ is our offering for sin. And I ask you as I close this evening. Are you resting in Jesus Christ. As your offering for sin. Are you? Do you know the saviour? Do you know that your sins have been washed away in his blood? Do you know that all is well. With your soul. Even tonight. Let's just bow in prayer as we close this seat. Eternal and loving God in heaven, we thank thee again, O God, for all of the practical lessons that we can draw even from these offerings as we have studied them. We thank thee, O God, that they inevitably lead us to Christ the one who is the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And we pray that thy word would have an impact on hearts here and touch us and shape us and mould us, O God. And we pray if there be any here who know not the Saviour. O God, don't let them leave this place tonight, but make them get right with thee and start on the road for heaven, even before they leave this building. Help us now. Bless the fellowship, the one with another. And O God, bless thy... Good provision to to each of us. We thank thee for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.